It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Nowhere else can you hear Carolina Panthers talk Monday through Friday, but right here on Locked On Panthers, which is why it's important that you watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also listen to the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays, which... Today's Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to participate next week in the first March edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. And this week, got a lot of good questions. Sometimes some weeks are better than others, and this certainly is a strong week. And I always try to answer everyone's question. If I did not get to your question, I'm going to try and answer it via DMs or if you added me there on Twitter. So usually... I answer everyone's questions. Some are on the show, some are off the show, but I let you know whether your question is going to be on the show or it's not, but I always appreciate all the questions. So again, at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Count to participate next week in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Let's start off here with Percy, who asked, who do you think is the most impactful coaching hire that has been made so far here in Carolina and why? Great question. We have been just praising this staff the last couple weeks. Vajero Averro here as a new defensive coordinator. Thomas Brown signing up a week ago as a new offensive coordinator. Jim Caldwell here. Dom Capers, the first ever Carolina Panthers head coach back here in Carolina. You also look at some of the other assistants lower than that. You got Josh McCown, who was a 17-year NFL veteran at the quarterback position. Had been time spent time here as a Panthers quarterback. Also, coach quarterbacks at Myers Park High School. And Drake May was there. Now he's lighting it up at North Carolina. You have him. Parks Frazier, who at 30 years old was the play caller for Jeff Saturday when he took over as the interim head coach after Frank Reich was fired this past fall there in Indianapolis. There is a ton of experience. Stu Staley, who talked to the media on Thursday, and man, that guy. I loved listening to Deuce Daly talk on Thursday afternoon when he was introduced as the running backs coach, but also the assistant head coach here in Carolina. There's loads of experience and coaching talent on this staff which makes it a difficult question to answer what I believe is the most impactful hire so far. I have talked to you all about whoever the quarterback is, you need to get the OC and the quarterback coach right. Now, having Frank Reich certainly helps because he, of course, played the position, he's coached the position, he's been a head coach, and he's had success coaching that position in Indianapolis, even though he's had so many different quarterbacks there at that spot. You also have to understand that the OC could be the play caller, may not be the play caller. We know now that Thomas Brown will not call the plays, at least 
to begin with, but eventually he will be the main play caller here in Carolina if he stays long enough, whether it's this season or next. And then quarterback coach is going to be working with mechanics and all of that, and you want to have a veteran quarterback. So saying that, you would think that I would say that Thomas Brown is the most influential hire. But he's not going to call the plays, but he's going to obviously have a massive impact on his offense. Maybe I would say Josh McCown. I'm not going to go there. I think experience is so important. And when you can get a coach like Jim Caldwell to come to your organization, a man who has been a head coach two times in the NFL with the Detroit Lions, with the Indianapolis Colts when he took him to a Super Bowl, when you can have a guy like that who's worked with Peyton Manning, who's worked with several quarterbacks throughout his career, and also said the other day that he would not be working directly with quarterbacks and that there's plenty of guys on this coaching staff that can work with quarterbacks. They don't need his input. Well, they're going to get your input, Jim. And we certainly need your input because you have done a marvelous job at this level working with quarterbacks. I think Jim Caldwell is the most impactful hire that all these other places that have brought him to be consultants could never get him to actually be on their staff. He's no longer holding out hope to be a head coach. He is right here, just where his feet are, focused on what he can do here in Carolina, back home where he'd spent time as a head coach at Wake Forest for eight years, his family group in North Carolina. He's back here. Working with Frank Reich, a man that he has immense respect for and is trying to do his best to be the eyes and ears for Frank Reich on the offensive side, the defensive side, and special teams, and without the entirety of the organization, within the entirety of the organization, to help this team be the best. So I look at Jim Caldwell, another a former head coach who basically is also operating as kind of the shadow head coach here in Carolina. Now, that's not to be like, oh, it's going to be Jim Caldwell, puppet master. No, 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 no. He's going to be kind of around everything and reporting back to Frank. Not the head coach, but to have someone in that kind of position, I think that's a great hire that they made here in Carolina. Uh, over now to Levi, who, sticking with the coaching staff, he says, do you believe in mojo? Do you think with the stellar coaching hires, we have the right mojo for sustained success? Here's the thing. You're not going to keep all these coaches. We found out the other day, at least from Jordan Rodriguez, we also heard from Frank Reich and some of these other guys like Dom Capers that Thomas Brown, Going to be a head coach one day, potentially in the National Football League. Um, also, Jero Vero, probably his only year here in Carolina, which is totally fine. Turn us into a top five defense, and you can go do whatever you want after this, but he's only going to be here possibly for a season. You also have to look at Chris Tabor, who Frank Wright thinks can be a head coach in the league, the special teams coordinator here in Carolina. Josh McCown's gotten interviews with the Texans. That's only one team, but it only takes one to hire someone and make them a head coach. So you're not going to be able to maintain all these staff members. But the important thing that Frank Reich said the other day was, I have already thought about potentially losing those guys and who can replace them. Could it be Jonathan Cooley, who's a cornerback coach here? Could he be the replacement for a Jero Vero down the line? Could it be a Peter Hansen? Could it be anyone else on that, def that uh, defensive staff? Todd Watts, defensive line coach, is, is it him? Who's on this staff that can be the next replacement? Devin Fitzsimmons seems like an obvious choice for special teams coordinator if and when Chris Tabor moves on to potentially a head coaching job. And he spent time, remember, in Chicago after Matt Nagy got fired as the interim head coach for the Chicago Bears. So he has experience at least as an interim and running his own team. So we'll see if he ever gets an opportunity down the road. Offensively, it seems pretty obvious that a guy like Park Frazier, who Parks Frazier, who called plays in Indianapolis this past year, will get the opportunity to be the OC down the line, especially when you look at his well, the experience that he got. Now it was small, a brief experience, but the experience he got last year and also his relationship with Frank Reich and his knowledge of this offense. And he's going to be that understudy to Thomas Brown, to Reich. So I think 
that is what's most important to building sustained success as far as the coaching side of things. Now, the player side of things, you got to get a quarterback because you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And look at Frank Reich. While he might have had a winning record in Indianapolis, didn't really have that sustained success because he never had the quarterback position stable. Stabilize that here in Carolina, and then we can get there. But, yes, the mojo is certainly there on the coaching side, and I definitely believe in mojo. Uh, Over to Kendrick, who says, I know this is an exciting season, and it would be hard to not be enthusiastic about the coaching hires, but pre-draft and free agency, do you believe that we have enough Overall talent right now to get a win in the playoffs next year. Our stars are top tier on D. And on the O side, DJ is bottom great, we think. Okay. Um, so he's one of the greats, but he's at the bottom of the greats. Okay. I understand that requires a lot of projecting, but I've been hurt before. Yeah, you certainly have been. And I probably should move forward by being cautiously optimistic. I was certainly... Uh, pretty bullish on the Panthers last year, which in hindsight looks ridiculous considering who the head coach was and also the quarterback. But, you know, it wasn't Sam Darnold. And y'all know how I thought about Sam Darnold when they first traded for him and I wanted him gone. And I still have respect for Sam and would love for him to be back here in that vet role, maybe as a bridge for a couple weeks, then put in the rookie if he's ready. So I've come along, I'll come around on uh, Sam Darnold there as far as his talent as a quarterback at this level. So probably moving forward, I need to be, you got to show me first before I really start to believe in the Panthers. That would be the smartest and safest thing to do for my head and my heart and probably for yours as well, Kendrick, and a lot of people watching and listening to this show right now. I can't sit here on February 24th and tell you that this team has enough talent to win a playoff game next year when I have no idea who's playing quarterback. That is a massive hole on the roster right now. So when I know that, I can maybe say yes or no. But right now, I would say no. I would love for them to get to the playoffs. Winning a game, it, it, it takes time. So I'm not going to say yes right now. There's just there's too much unknown for me to really feel that way as far as the overall talent. Because the overall talent got them to seven wins last year. So I don't really see how that now with still no quarterback would make me believe that, yeah, they can win a playoff game. No, I don't I don't feel that way right now. But still excited about the coaching staff. All right, uh, let's take a quick pause here on the show, then come back and I'll answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, let me tell you about our friends over at Built. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fats and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. Guys, it's almost March. It's been two months since we started a new year. I really hope you're like me trying to eat healthy and you know, you don't want to find, you want to find something that doesn't compromise the taste. And well, you got to try built bars are actually tasty and healthy for you. So what makes built bars so good? You ask, well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate on every single bar. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it they do it every time but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is of course they're healthy for you only 130 calories four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't have to wait around to get a box for years since i started doing this show i've been telling you about having to order your built bars at built.com you can still do that if you want to but if you want them quicker then go to your local walmart or sam's club That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, not tomorrow, right now. Like, seriously, get out of your house, go to Walmart, wherever you're at right now, go to Walmart, 
and go to their pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars where you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to the Sam's Club, and of course, if you're a member, you got to be a member first, run in, don't walk, push whoever's in your way out of the way and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get back into it. The weekly Friday mailbag, Locked On Panthers, at me, DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Follow me first, too. I'm going to start doing that. If you don't follow me, I'm not going to answer your question. That's not going to be the case at all. Uh, I typically can know when someone's about to answer, ask a question because it'll be like, oh, such and such person with like a Panthers logo or Panthers like fan name just followed you on Twitter. And then like 10 seconds later, there's their DM. So keep doing that. You don't have to follow me, but certainly I would love for you to do so. Even though I don't really tweet that much anymore, kind of gotten over Twitter uh, recently, but uh, still I'm there. If you want to answer, uh, ask questions, that's the only way to ask questions at me or DM me there on Twitter at Julian council. But back to your questions, uh, got Alex here and I had a couple people ask me about this. Cause I think y'all saw, on Twitter, I think it was Wednesday night, it was playing out where I said the other day, Rams East, look at the coaches here, look at some of the players, Austin Corbett and Johnny Hecker, they're out there on Twitter trying to recruit their old buddy, Robert Woods, also known as Bobby Trees, who just got released from the Titans as the Titans. Don't know what's going on down there in Tennessee, my uh, my former town there in Nashville, but they uh, got rid of uh, Taylor Lewan, got rid of Bobby Trees. And now he's available, and the Panthers could use a wide receiver. So Alex asked me, and someone also other people asked me the same question, like about three or four of you. Uh, says, looks like Johnny Hecker's recruiting Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, Carolina, on Twitter. Do you think he would be a good foot fit, or are there any other free agent wide receivers that we should take a look at? Um, I think it's very obvious that it's a fit based off of, okay, Thomas Brown has a relationship with him, having been the running backs coach and spent time the last three years in Los Angeles with the Rams. Bobby Trees, which it's a good fit because I get to say Bobby Trees all the time. Like, I love when people call him that, especially like right now. I'm loving it. So, yeah, just so I can say Bobby Trees all the time, absolutely bring Robert Woods here to Carolina. But he's also been a good player. Now, last year, coming off of an injury, wasn't that good. Had the ACL tear late into that Super Bowl season for the Rams. He's a really good player. And I think he would be perfect opposite of DJ Moore. Because the thing for me is find somebody who can fit your scheme. Whatever they're going to cook up here, whether it's Frank Reich's offense, Thomas Brown, whatever it's going to be, Robert Woods is going to fit what they want to do here because he's a good player, and he's been a proven player in the NFL, and they need that here in Carolina right now. So I am absolutely all for that happening with the prior relationships, the guys like Johnny Hecker, who's the punter, but hey, you know, Hecker – pretty good punter so he should have some sort of influence right but mainly though like Corbett he's on this offense he might miss some time here in 2023 hope not but Thomas Brown primarily and some of the other Rams guys like Jero Averro and Jonathan Cooper Cooley rather who have been in Los Angeles and would know Robert Woods really well and the character and kind of man he is I think Carolina can probably get him at a pretty good rate too so yeah I'm a fan of that for sure 
Now, Nikki asked a question a little bit opposite of that, asking me, do you think we could bank on Terrace Marshall Jr. becoming that wide receiver too, or do we need to get a proven veteran to slide in that spot, or could we thrive, or could he thrive in a right scheme? I'm sure he can thrive in the right scheme. The thing is, through two seasons, we have not seen nearly enough. We saw some glimpses last year after they got rid of Robbie Anderson, which is good, but we have not seen enough week-in, week-out production out of Terrace Marshall and also his health. We have not seen enough to know and trust and believe that he can be that second wide receiver opposite of DJ Moore, which I think is important, whether you're going to bring in a veteran as the bridge or you're going to bring in that rookie quarterback to have another experienced wide receiver. So I don't think that we can bank on Terrace Marshall being that number two right now. He can certainly become it. But for me, bring in someone like a Robert Woods, bring in a veteran, Slide Terrace at number three. And a lot of times people say you're only as good as your number three wide receiver, especially in his past happy game in the NFL. Now, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Terrace Marshall, then, of course, adding that pass catching tight end. Got to feel pretty good about that. And then Shy Smith as well kind of gets bumped back to the four. And Shy can make some plays. Not nearly as consistent as you need him to be last year when he earned that number three spot. So, no, I'm not banking on Terrace Marshall to be a wide receiver, too. But bring in a veteran. And then allow Terrace to kind of grow, where I think in year three, in this new scheme, better quarterback play, fingers crossed, he can kind of break out and we can look at him as being that wide receiver two heading into year four, maybe in year five, however long that veteran might be here in Carolina. Um, all right, now to Jim. We're talking tight ends now. Uh, he said, I've heard you mention Dalton Schultz, uh, the Cowboys, tight end his free agent a few times. Some people have also mentioned Mike Kosicki, the free agent tight end uh, from the Dolphins. I was looking at the list of free agents and saw that Herb Smith, former Bama guy, replacing Minneapolis by TJ Hawkinson in that trade, uh, the Lions trading Hawkinson to the Vikings is coming available. What are your thoughts on bringing in someone who is maybe a bit less proven, but who has the athletic skill set to be a solid pass catching tight end? That way we save some money to bring in free agent defensive ends or linebackers, etc. Um, no, I'm not I'm not down with that, Jim. I, I appreciate where your head's at. Where it's like, hey, let's go bargain shopping on a tight end. No, I can't do that. That's what Matt Rule did for three years. That's that's what they did. They had Manhurts, uh, they had Ian Thomas. Then they went out there and they got Stephon Sullivan and then they drafted Tommy Trimble. And none of those guys are what Mike Kosicki and what Dalton Schultz, what Evan Ingram, what Hayden Hurst have been at that tight end position as far as pass catchers go. And Herb Smith, again, you said replaced by TJ Hawkinson. So why would you go out there and bring in a guy who lost his job to another tight end? Like in, in, in within division. Like they, they traded within the division to go get someone to replace the guy that they had drafted. Now, different general manager, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, was not there when Herb Smith was drafted. Um, that was Spielman, Rick Spielman. And, of course, that was Mike Zimmer. So things have changed. I don't look at it. Because you say he's got the athletic skill set. He's less proven. Doesn't that sound like Ian Thomas? Now, Herb Smith, better track record playing at Bama. But doesn't that sound like Ian Thomas? And how has that worked out for the Carolina Panthers? No. No, 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 no. For me, go out there, extend Burns, re-sign Bradley Bozeman, and outside of that, top priority, get one of the top tight ends that are free agents and available who can actually catch the football and do something with it. No bargain bin hunting. We'll do that in the draft, but not in free agency when it comes to tight end. All right, over to David now, who's got two questions. Go to allow it. Typically don't allow it. That's a lie. I allow it every single week. Uh, first question. 
Taylor Moten and Shaq Thompson are both due $24 million this season. Are they both really worth that right now? I don't want to cut or trade either of them, but I just don't see them worth what we are paying them. Now, that's their cap hit, David. Uh, Taylor Moten's going to make $17 million this year. His cap hit is $24 million. Shaq Thompson, I don't, I didn't see what his actual salary is, um, but his cap hit is $24 million. We've gone over this a couple times. Now, if you wanted to cut Taylor Moten, which would be insane <laughs> – Again, Icky, great at left tackle now. Brady Christensen, probably going to be fine after breaking his leg there in the final game of the season at left guard, but have to be a little bit cautious there. You have yet to sign Bradley Bozeman. I think he'll be back, especially now that James Campin's back here in Carolina, and they've said that they want to bring him back, and him and his wife seem to love Charlotte because who wouldn't love Charlotte? And then at right guard, Austin Corbett, let's just be honest, y'all. He's probably not going to be ready to go week one. I hope he is. But a guy coming off of an ACL tear in week 18, which gets pushed back to now early January, really mid-January, hard to look at him being the same player next year, at least when the season starts. So do you really want to be in a position where you got two guys coming off an injury, maybe not your starting center from last year, probably though, probably, and then bringing in a, right, a new right tackle? Who's going to play right tackle if it's not Taylor Moten? Who's going to play that position? He's been steady. They just paid him back in July of 2021. Why would they not bring him back? So if you did want to cut him, uh, it's $4 million that you save. And then there's a $20 million dead cap hit. So that's a non-starter. Uh, with Shaq, it's pretty simple. You cut him, you're immediately under the salary cap. It's $11 million dead cap hit. You don't love that, but go ahead, get out of the way. And then you can probably find a way to maybe bring him back later on after free agency kind of plays out and see what the, his market is and if he still wants to be here in Carolina. But as Shaq said, would you take a pay cut at your job? Would they fire me and then bring me back later? and the other options I had out there weren't as good, then I guess I'd probably go back, maybe. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Now, they restructured both of these deals last offseason. Like, Moten got paid in July of 2021, and then in the offseason in 2022, they immediately restructured it so that they could clear up cap space, potentially for Deshaun Watson, if they were able to make that trade happen, and some of the other players that they needed to bring in here, like Austin Corbett, like Bradley Bozeman. So... They did that last year. They can restructure Moten again. I, I can see that happening. There's an out in his contract next offseason. I don't think that Taylor Moten's going to get cut. Like, he's been healthy. He's been really good for the Panthers. So, I see him playing out his contract. If anything, restructure the deal. You're not going to cut him. That's the best way to do it, to open up some cap space, because he certainly has earned it. And, you know, the cap hit might be bad next year, but you have more space next year to do it, depending on what they do the rest of of this offseason with those contract extensions, potentially with a guy like Brian Burns and et cetera. So um, there's that. And Moten's salary in 2023 is guaranteed. So you can't do anything with him. But Shaq, it sounds like it seems pretty easy. Cut him or see if you can find a way to figure it out. But it doesn't feel like that's the way. Cut him, bring him back, Moten restructure, and then deal with it next season once again when he has probably a high salary cap hit. And your second question, David, was, would you consider Bozeman and Freeman or and Foreman, excuse me, must re-signings for the Panthers, or do we go younger slash cheaper in free agency slash the draft? Um, Bozeman's a must for sure. Was great. Was I don't know great, but he was really good in Baltimore. Excellent here in Carolina, and he wants to be here. It's pretty obvious. Bring the guy back. Foreman, as I've told y'all. All running backs should be making 725 federal minimum wage, 29 hours a week, no overtime, none of that. No bonus pay. That's how I feel about running backs. Of course, not really. League minimum. But still, I don't think you need to pay a running back. And look at it. McCaffrey, whether he was here or he's injured, you got 
good enough play out of Mike Davis in 2020, and then last year with Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, you got good enough running back play. You don't need to pay him. Go draft a running back. I've read that this apparently is a deep running back class. Go draft one in the fourth round. You have extra picks now from San Francisco. Do not pay Deontay Foreman. So go younger and cheaper through the draft. That's my opinion on Foreman. But yes, must, must, must re-sign Bradley Bozeman here in Carolina to be your center. It's not often you're able to find a good center in free agency, especially as cheap as they got Bradley Bozeman. Look at it. Matt Paradis, 2020, was it 2019 was that his first year? Wasn't great. 2020 was better after the because he's coming off an injury in 2019. Wasn't great. 2020 was much better than 2021 towards ACL. Barely even played. So you saw right there before it didn't really work out for them. Bozeman has worked out. Bring him back. All right, take one more pause here on the show, then I'll come back and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, let me tell you guys about this awesome game. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app for like a couple of months now, and I cannot tell you how much fun I had competing against my fellow Locked on NFL host this past season. Well, now it's your turn to compete. But more on that later. You ever dream of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and the downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. We have now created a Locked On League for you to compete against all Locked On fans all across the world. Just be sure to choose a Locked On League in the app to join and create your own dynasty. Locked On Panthers listeners, which is you, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let me run through a couple more questions here on the show. Going to go to Cedric. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I remember last week I had an NC State fan who said to me, hey, stop trashing State. I'm not really trashing State. I just like to, like, poke fun at State. I think they've been excellent this year. And Kevin Keats is a winner. And I actually like Kevin Keats. I have nothing bad to say about the man. Um, but now Cedric is a big Carolina fan, and we all know what happened last Sunday. Uh, he says, please pray for our Tar Heels basketball team, or at least pray for me for not having a heart attack. Um, yeah, good luck, Cedric, because this team is cooked. Uh, either way, he's got two questions. Uh, well, he has one question. His other question I think I already answered earlier because someone else had the same question. Um, either way, he says, who do you think will be a good fit at defensive end in this free agency pool? I got three names for y'all. Let's go back to what Jordan Rodriguez said the other day. The Carolina Panthers in this defense with Jero Averill, the new 
defensive coordinator, need a power rush end opposite of Brian Burns. There is a guy who has been one of the pillars of the Philadelphia Eagles for like a decade now, and Brandon Graham, who's a free agent. He's going to be 35 years old next season, and that's a little bit older, but this past season, when they went to the Super Bowl and they led the league in sacks, he had 11 sacks at 34 years old. I would love for Brandon Graham to be here. Now, I say that, and I also feel like really dirty saying that because I love when guys are just so a part of a city for so many years that they basically are like are a part of the fabric of that community. And Graham, from my outside perspective here in Carolina, appears to be that. I remember watching a couple years ago the All or Nothing series that they did on the Philadelphia Eagles, and they did that here in Carolina as well on Amazon, and he was like one of the main figures on it. And I just fell in love with Brandon Graham when watching that show. And that's when he was like 31. He's a stud. Now, think about it, too. You would probably think to yourself, okay, well, Brandon Graham still wants to play football, and he had 11 sacks last year. The Eagles got to bring the guy back. Howie Roseman's going to figure something out. Possibly. Think about who's on this staff now. Frank Reich was in Philadelphia when they won a Super Bowl. Deuce Staley was in Philadelphia when they won a Super Bowl. Josh McCown was on the team during that year of all or nothing when he had to come in for Carson Wentz, who got injured again in that wild card game against Seattle. There's a lot of Eagles influence here in Carolina to potentially persuade Brandon Graham to come here. Now, his market value, according to Spot Track, is one year's one year. <laughs> I got the YRS that tripped me up there. One year, $5.7 million. The Panthers can probably make that work, right? Right. If they can get Brandon, maybe just bump it to $7 million. Add some incentives. Whatever it takes to get Brandon Graham here because he's a thicker guy can still get at the passer, and can stop the run. Now, the other guy I'm looking at is Yannick Ngakwe, who's going to be 28 next season. He uh, spent time in Indianapolis this past year with Frank Reich. Not very much time, but he was there and also spent time in Jacksonville with defensive line coach Todd Wash. He had nine and a half sacks this past season. The one issue is he's not much of a power guy, and he stinks against the run. Horrible against the run. That has always been the hang up and the knock on Yannick Ngakwe. He's also been all over the league so far. He's been he's like about to be twenty eight. He's been in Jacksonville. I know he's in Minnesota briefly. Um, I think he might have been in LA with the Chargers or something like that. He's been all over the league so far. Uh, maybe no, maybe it was Baltimore he was at. Either way, like gonna be his fifth team in like eight years. He's about to come up on his market value though is four years. $59 million. Not really trying to pay that. Don't think the Panthers can really afford that. But he is someone worth taking a look at. And in the last one, homecoming, Jadavion Clowney. He's not going to be back in Cleveland. He can be more of the power guy. I think he can stop the run. Solid dude. Of course, he was creating havoc week one when the Panthers played the Browns. And the whole like hometown deal, maybe he wants to finally come back home. He's never been the player that we thought he would be out of South Carolina. But I would take Clowney. I think you can get him at a reasonable deal, maybe. So those are the three I'm looking at right now, Cedric. And, of course, everyone else watching and listening. Uh, over to Josh now, who is thinking quarterback, but maybe not. He says, am I crazy? Yes, for wondering if the Panthers should skip a quarterback this year in the first round. Yes, and draft another foundational player. Yes, it seems redundant to draft another edge to pair with Burns. No, it's not, but that could be an option. A new interior linebacker, pass. A wide receiver to pair with more, pass. Another quarterback to go with Horn, pass. And cover in case he gets hurt, which he probably will. Or do they stay the course and just dive in on a rookie quarterback this year? Yes, that's what they should do. So many conflicting reports and evaluations. It's hard to tell who's good and who's not. At least Rule is gone, so hopefully they can't really screw it up that bad, too. 
right? Right? Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, pass on all that, dude. And I appreciate the question, Josh. No, you're not crazy for wondering that. I think it's a it's a reasonable question to ask yourself. Um, but we got to get off the hamster wheel. We got to get off the merry-go-round. We got to get off the treadmill, whatever you want to throw out there as far as a metaphor for how bad this team has been when it comes to quarterback play. You got to stop doing this. Break the wheel, like Daenerys Targaryen said. Break the wheel and go out there and draft somebody and do it the right way. I don't know whether Anthony Richardson's going to be any good. I have no idea whether Will Levis is going to be any good. I don't know if Bryce Young's going to be good. I don't know if Hendon Hooker or C.S. Stroud are going to be any good in the NFL. I do know what I saw in college. Bryce Young was that guy. He is smaller, and if you look back at the NFL history in the draft, there has not been a guy drafted at his size in a very, very long time, especially at number one potentially or number two, however it shakes out. But I think Bryce Young is great. And if he was 6'3", 225, there would be no questions at all. He would be like considered one of the greatest prospects ever. Like, seriously, he's so good. I don't think Carolina's going to have a chance to get him. C.J. Stroud, everything I need to see from C.J. Stroud, I saw in that playoff semifinal against Georgia. Lost the game, but he had his team in position to kick that field goal, and Noah Ruggles shanked it. It's still flying. Like It's like kicked the buckhead. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> um, Will Levis, he looked good when Liam Cohen – who was the Rams OC, then went back to Kentucky after being the Rams staff and being at Kentucky when he had Leon Cohen and when he had a better offensive line and he had, you know, better talent around him like Tavion Robinson, he was good, you know, relatively. He still turned the ball over, but he had a lot of people excited, especially about the traits and, you know, the old Josh Allen factor of it all. And then last year when his talent wasn't as good, even though I thought like, you know, Dane Key, the wide receiver is not bad. Um, Tavion, it's actually, no, it was, um, not, it's not Tavion Robinson. Tavion Robinson, you had this past year. I'm thinking of Wandale Robinson, who now plays for the Giants. It was at Nebraska originally, then transferred back to his home state and played at Kentucky. When he had Wandale Robinson, things looked good. This past year with Tavion Robinson and Dane Key, things are okay. The offensive line was no good. That didn't help him. He still didn't make good decisions, which is the hang up there. Now, Anthony Richardson, you watch him play against Utah. Oh my God, this is the greatest college quarterback I've ever seen. You watch him next week against Kentucky. You can't even throw the ball on first, second, or third down with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter down two scores. That's how little faith that Billy Napier and that coaching staff had in him late in that ball game. He looked terrible against Georgia in his first career start back in 2021, which everyone looked terrible against Georgia because that defense literally had the entire NFL team. They were all NFL players, but he's been up and down. But the traits are there. And from some scouting evaluations I've said, I've seen, he actually stays in the pocket. He's not looking to run. He's somebody who can be coached up properly. So I don't know how it's going to work out. I just think it makes the most sense to just go out there, get one of those guys, and to sit there and to develop them and put a good team around them and see what happens from there. Now, Russell, he asked a question asking, outside of winning, what's the best thing the team can do to make Bank of America Stadium a home field advantage again? Well, I guess this is probably a deeper question. You could wonder, like, if the demographics of the city have gotten to the point where it's going to be hard for it to ever be a home field advantage. But that's not true because I've seen, as the city's grown, when the Panthers are good, the city supports. So, really, it's winning. If you win, people will be on board. But what the fans really need to have to want to sign up, it's hope. Think about the marketing that most pro sports teams do out there. They market players to try and get you into the arena. Like in the NBA, 
barring whether the guys want to play or not, it's pretty easy to get butts in seats at times because LeBron's coming to town, maybe. KD's coming to town, maybe. Uh, Giannis is coming to town, maybe. I say maybe because you never know when these guys are going to play or not. But either way, you can try and market around like the dudes are coming to your, your town. And, of course, Horn's got LaMelo, and they can market that. Now, the Panthers haven't really had anything to market. Yeah, pandemic and all that. But Christian McCaffrey, are you, are you really going to the Panthers games to go see Christian McCaffrey? No. It's a quarterback league. When Cam Newton was here and the Panthers were winning, of course that stadium was jumping, but Cam was fun. Cam really helped build up that atmosphere during that period of time Ron Rivera was the head coach and he was the quarterback. That's what they need, a quarterback, hope. Someone for everyone to believe can take us to new heights that we have never seen before. The best way to get butts in the seats other than winning is to provide that hope, provide that marketing, and the best way to do that is with a rookie quarterback. That's the best way, I think, to get butts back in seats. Now, you have a new head coach. People don't hate Rule. I mean, Rule's gone, the guy everyone hated. Tepper's been a little bit better this last month or so. So, with the new head coach, new quarterback, renewed sense of, hey, maybe this can be our year, that will get butts back in seats. But also, you have to wonder, with all the Ohioans and all the people from all in New York and all that, you know, that kind of – it's crazy. When the Vikings took over the stadium a couple years ago, shocking. Pittsburgh, that has happened every year we've ever been here in Carolina. So – when the team's good, the fans will support. The city will embrace it. It will always be someone. It'll be people's second team. They'll be they'll be on board. But there's enough people, like you and me, Russell, because I know you're from the area. We grew up here. We we're back here in Charlotte. There's enough of us that have come and gone, and come back that can support this team if it's good. They just got to be good, and of course, provide us hope. And then final question here um, from Chris. He's asked me. It's very simply. Do you think with this staff that C.J. Henderson can become a good corner? Oh, you sure hope so. It's now or never for C.J. Henderson. I have no idea what the deal is. Liked him at Florida. I don't know what went on in Jacksonville. He came into Carolina, tough situation, trying to learn the defense, and didn't show many signs in his second year in the league, first year in Carolina, and then last year when called upon. Penalties, touchdowns, just wasn't good. And I don't see the team going out there and exercising a fifth-year option. It's a wasted trade. I don't know what Dan Arnold was going to do back in 2021. You look at the preseason, you look at training camp and all the practices. It seemed like Sam Darnold really had a good connection with him. So maybe that would have helped when Christian McCaffrey went out. The offensive line was also garbage. So no offense, guys. Not, you're not garbage people, but you were as a unit you collectively. It wasn't. It was very similar to garbage. Um, but still, Henderson. I don't know. I just haven't seen it, and it ha- I have a hard time seeing it happen. But I hope it happens because he was a top 10 pick for a reason. So maybe we'll finally get to see that reason here in 2023. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. So next Friday, you can be a part of the weekly Friday mailbag here on the show, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Quick programming note. I am currently probably in the air when you're listening to this, headed out to California, going to be at the race in Fontana, a ton of rain. So may not get back here until Tuesday. Who knows? Uh, But either way, going to have an episode out there on Monday, but do not expect an episode on Tuesday. If the races do uh, go on, I will be back on a red eye on Sunday and back Monday morning. The last thing I'm going to do 
after being on a red eye and being in California where it's going to be 49 and rainy all weekend is coming up here to talk Panthers with you. So there will not be a podcast on Tuesday, but there will be one on Monday. And I will tell you again on Monday, ain't going to be a podcast on Tuesday because I recorded the Monday podcast on Thursday. So hopefully nothing changes and makes it obsolete. But if it does, well, oh well. So there's that. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.